Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future of Influence podcast. I am your host, Raj Singh. They call me King Raj. And I have a special guest today. This is Armand Kroom, who's from the San Diego area. And he basically shows his clients how to accumulate assets, plus a whole lot more. Uh, So I'll let him say a little bit more about what he does. Armand, welcome. What's up? Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. We appreciate you being on here. We know that you're a leader in your space of what you're doing, and it's been uh, great since uh, you know just recently met you. But I can tell you're a great guy already. So tell us more about what you do for your clients at a high level. So basically, one of the things that we do, uh, kind of like a, uh, when a client first meet me, it's like Vince Lombardi. This is a football. Uh, one of the first things that we do is teach them how to budget without being uh, having a budget. And one of the things I try to do is, and I love working with uh, husbands and wives, uh, because typically we marry the person who is not like us. So typically I'm a saver, my wife's the spender. And when it's her money, before we get married, all the things that she do to get cute and this, that, and the other was cool. Until she started re- reaching in my pockets, then it was a problem, right? <laughs> so and that's what we end up finding out. Like all the stuff that our uh, significant others did before we were married is cute. And then we move into each other and we just start annoying the hell out of each other. And so what I try to do is create a budget so that everybody can get on the same page, so that the spender feels uh, uh, free to spend, and so that the saver feels free to save, or at least feels like they are saving enough to accomplish their goals. And then from there, we try to put a cap on their budget and start trying to have them invest in investments, going towards retirements. Do they want to buy a home? What Send kids to college. And then we just keep people from procrastinating and stay on top of all the goals and all the things that they're making. Uh, because one of the things I do know is people have a tough time living off of what they used to make mm. uh, because they keep making so much more money. And I try to keep them from soaking all that money up as soon as they start making more. I try to keep, all right, let's put this away. Let's put this towards this. Let's put that towards that. And then next thing you know, they're in a good situation. Yeah, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you keep and you help them keep <laughs> it, right? Well, it's about inflow and outflow. And a lot of people got a lot of outflow, but they don't really understand, you know, what's the importance of keeping some of that money, right? And so mm-hmm. you will find that people who make $200,000 a year feel broke. And it's just because they have an outflow. And so one of the things that I've been trying to teach people is you, you need to learn how to say no. Uh, so, you know, one of the things I'm trying to do is teach people how to be financial leaders and basically run a family and basically be the person, the guy, the girl. Mostly a lot of guys be like, look, I know we were trained that we're supposed to provide and that we're supposed to just give, give, give all the money. Uh, but nah, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to say no every once in a while. No, we're not doing this. No, we're not doing that. No, we don't have the money. You have to have a vision. You have to have a goal. You have to have a mindset. You have to take care of the money. Your job is to protect the money, not to give it to your family, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. You want them to thrive, uh, but you got to learn how to pick and choose. And so one of the things that I try to talk to people about and get into the space is talking to people about 
where a man can fit in in a relationship and be a financial leader for their family and what that looks like so that we keep marriages and so that men also have a space. Mm, I love it. You're, you speak about uh, similar concepts that I do when I speak as well. You know, it's about uh, some people have, or most people have X amount of dollars coming in, but they have X plus one going out, you know, and they just broke at a higher level. <laughs> yeah. And then, it, you know, here's the thing though, your spouse isn't happy because you bro- broke, right? You're not happy. You're stressed. You're not the best man you can be. She's not the best woman she can be. Your children aren't the best. And you just don't know when to say no, how to say no. You don't, you know, if you don't have a goal, if you don't have like a vision for your family of where you're going, what you're trying to accomplish and why, it makes it hard to say no. You know, it's one of those things you're sitting on $10,000 in the bank and your wife's like, well, why can't we go to Disneyland? We got $10,000. You need to come back and be like, well, 5,000 of it is emergency savings. 2,000 is for this. And then we're still not even, you know, you need to be able to come back with the rationale of, you know why, but if you sit there and you just shrug your shoulders, <laughs> mm-hmm. then so, you just uh, yeah, yeah, you're going backwards. Like, oh, yeah, you're like, okay, so why can't we go to this? <laughs> so somebody has to usually have that kind of vision in their mind of, hey, we need to be saving, and you know, sometimes you might need a financial planner to kind of help you put all that together and go, okay, this is where we're trying to go. This is the direction that we need to go in. Uh, and then make it easier for you to sometimes say no, sometimes say yes, but you have to basically figure out where you're going to go first and be that person for your family. One of the favorite things I like to say is you put your family first by putting your money first. Mm. Family first by putting your money first. Okay. I love it. What's the most, let's say, outdated advice that you've seen um, in your industry? Ooh, that's a, I've never had that outdated advice. Yeah, where you see, you know, uh, people come to you, they may have, uh, you know, certain problems that they've they've faced um, from other people that are financial planners that it's just outdated advice that, that you know, you just don't subscribe to that. Uh, you know, I, I will tell you, like, one of the things that really get on me, and, uh, you know, I might get hit for this, but, you know, I, I'm really not that impressed with you having an 800 credit score. Mm. preach it preach it tell it <laughs> i got 800 credit score dog all right i'm using it not leveraging it so what's the point what's right? the, exactly right so like okay or you know i gotta go to college and i gotta build up my credit no you don't i mean no if you got if you're making a lot of money somebody gonna give you some money <laughs> plain and simple like this is not a long-term thing that you really need to do uh, you know, you know, building up, oh, I got to protect my credit, this, that, and the other, you know, at the end, you just need to pay some bills on time, not max out your credit, do things that you're supposed to be doing anyways. And everything else will kind of take care of itself. Uh, I, it drives me nuts going, you know, these apps that will like track your credit score and be like, oh, you're at 730 now, Ooh, you know, it's just, it's not that important. And then one of the other things that I'll, again, I'll probably get hit with is, you know, I've, t- I've, I've literally told clients, you, are you in your forever home? Yes. Okay. You're in your forever home. Um, we're putting a lot of money away, right? Yeah. So you can buy a car cash now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what's the point of the credit score? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have to make a hard decision to walk away from a rental property, 
the, the it, because it's not making money and this, that, and the other, please don't bring up your credit score to me. <laughs> right? So you just have to build it back up again and, and then and it'll probably happen in like three years. So just put it on your calendar three years from now, you might be able to use, and you probably still be able to use credit. You just might not be able to get the interest rate. Okay, interest mm-hmm. rate you want. So what? Still build up the credit, refinance later. I, you know, it's just, that is probably one of the most annoying uh, that people will probably push back on me on, but I'm really just not that impressed with your credit score or yeah, yeah. worried that much about it. I agree. I agree to an extent as well, uh, as far as, uh, you know, let's see what, what can you do to actually generate income and, and, and other things if you can't leverage your credit there. And like you said, everything can be rebuilt. So it just takes some time and it's no biggie. So I love that you're saying that where some people think it's, it's the end of the world. <laughs> oh, but my credit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm crying I over it too. I'm like, it's going to be okay. Be crying, what you should be crying <laughs> over is the fact that you have no assets. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other, the biggest thing that I, uh, I have an issue with is people trying to pay off their home mm-hmm. faster, sooner yeah. than they need to. Uh, again, I think that is kind of, I think Dave Ramsey uh, wants you to buy a house cash. What? <laughs> yep. Every, every wealthy person I know, they leverage, leverage, leverage. They leverage other people's funds. They don't put all their eggs in one basket and uh, they're going to access, have access to as much funds from other places that they can. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, again, and I know I said credit score doesn't, you know, as matter, but, you know, at the end of the day, once you fix your, first of all, if you have a bad credit score, you're not, you're not coming up with the 20% down to buy a house anyway. So again, until you fix that, you're not doing the other thing. So I'm not sitting there saying you should go up and just do stupid stuff, but at the same time, not something that you need to worry about. But then when you're putting the money down on the house, that keeps you from doing other things that you need to do. So, you know, when your kid needs braces or you need a new roof or there's some home improvement that you need to do, now all your money is trapped in the home. Now you got to ask the bank to give you your money back in order to do take care of the things and that's why the other thing that drives me nuts is the reverse mortgage uh, commercial. Mm. It just means you did something wrong, <laughs> really wrong. <laughs> wow. And so again, that's where, you know, I, I try to come in and try to help clients out. You know, I'm not, we're not going to sit here and try, you know, you know, I'm not going to like, if they pay the house off, refinance it and, you know, start it over again, but we're not going to like put an extra, you know, thousand dollars onto the mortgage to try to pay it off either. It just it just doesn't make sense, especially depending on the dynamic of your family, how many kids you have, do you need to send people to college? And so one of the things that ends up happening is people are, tend to be uh, house poor and retirement poor at the same time. And mm. they don't think about the other goals that they have that are going to come up in life, i.e. paying for your daughter's wedding, buying a car, roof, home improvement, et cetera, et cetera. Etc. And you can't pull the money out of retirement. And then, you know, you don't really want to take a heat lock out to try to do all those, you know, other things. So you need to have some cash on the side so that you can handle other things. And a lot of people just do not think about those non-retirement goals that they have. And so, again, that's as a financial advisor, that those are like the big ones I try to hit on and try to keep people just socking money away. I know there's no like... Um, what is it? Uh, tax savings per se, 
But having that cash and that flexibility is king. Of course. <laughs> so who do you see as your ideal client? Like, uh, you know, we know it's someone that doesn't have an 800 credit score. Or if you do, just don't tell, just don't tell Armand that you have an 800 credit score. But uh, <laughs> all seriousness, what makes, um, you know, your ideal client so ideal for you? So for me, like, you can come to me with zero dollars. Uh, I mean, I've, I've actually had people have to wait to pay me <laughs> before they hire me. So, like, it's not like you have to have significant assets. You do, especially live in, if you live in San Diego, you need to make over $100,000, $150,000 just to have enough money in your budget to invest or just save or to do something. So, typically, I judge it off of people's budget. And if they have, you know, 1000 to 1500 unallocated to invest, and then I, I'm a fee planner, so I charge a fee. I charge a retainer fee. Uh, and then we go to work. And, you know, I, ideal client is someone who's a financial delegator, uh, someone who's not going to be like, you know, trying to draw up their own financial plan or wake up in the middle of the night and think they need to buy Apple stock um, and try to call me to get, it, get them to do it. I, I, that's just not me. That's not my role in their life. Uh, and so if that's the type of person you are, don't call me, don't talk to me. Uh, mm -hmm. and then someone who can follow rules. Like I had mentioned to you, I have rules in working with me, uh, as a financial advisor. Now, if you want to follow me on financial effect and just take some of the budget rules and do it yourself, go for it. But as far as hiring, working with me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I have my rules. I don't meet without spouses. Um, I don't work on weekends. Um, you ain't always right. Um, I have, I have gotten in a yelling match with my clients from time to time. Uh, but our job is to keep you from procrastinating and not to make some uh, bad decisions with your money. It is what it is. And, and it's, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up your butt. I don't care how much money, uh, you have. And the reason why that's important as for me is I walk the walk. So I, definitely live below my means. There is not one client that I could lose and just things will go downhill for me. And I love being in that position uh, and will work my butt off to continue to be in that position. I think everyone should. You need to put yourself in a situation, even if you work at a W-2 job, your goal as a financial leader is if I get laid off or I need to switch jobs, I know that I need X amount of money per month to keep us going. I have this amount to decide over here to do this. If my boss looks at me sideways, I know I can do this. I can do that. That's what I'm trying to get people to do. Get the flexibility. And trust me, I'm working the same way to have that flexibility so that if a client looks at me sideways, so I want everyone to have the same life I'm having, live the same way I'm living and doing what I'm doing, have that flexibility. And I think once you get your financial flexibility, I think our community will be a lot better. Uh, I think we'll be a lot stressed. Uh, I don't get upset about anything anymore. We, I ain't, I'm not trying to yell at you. Just go to the, like this different place mentally where like you're just not mad about and you don't have room to blame anybody for anything. And you can do that. Not necessarily. You don't have to start your own business. You can do that working as a W-2. I personally like starting my own business and doing it that way. But hey. I'm saying there's other ways to do it because, you know, some people just like clocking, uh, hitting that clock, yep. nine to five, punch it, eat their cheese and crackers and go home. Hey, I, I got I, no problem. But 
you know, don't sit there eating your cheese and crackers, mad at your boss, about ready to shoot everybody up or whatever the case may be. Put yourself in a financial situation where you can move. If they mess with your cheese and crackers, it's cool. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. Very nice. Very nice. I mean, you seem like a, a great guy. I love the way that you operate. You choose to operate your business. And, and it seems like you're just a no BS type of guy, which I love. Um, let's, you know, let everyone uh, learn a little bit about who you are. Like, what do you love to do for, for fun as a hobby? What do you do outside of work? Well, well, clearly, I like to have fun. So like, if you're meeting with me, we're going to be laughing. So even though I, I can get serious, I love to have fun. Uh, nice. For me, What's fun for me, uh, drinking wine. So you can, if you just want to uh, follow me on Instagram, Armand Loves Wine, <laughs> that is my Instagram tag. Uh, I, I will be drinking always. Um, huge Laker fan. Uh, just gotten into working out, just bought myself a new tonal. If you haven't seen it, I'm a free advertisement for tonal. Uh, but yeah, just love like living life and improving on my life. Uh, that is what I'm interested in. Uh, trying to eat right, reading about that, reading books that like feed my mind, uh, so that when I get in a great debate or a conversation with someone, I can hold my own. All that stuff is fun. I like getting into debates where, you know, it's a difference of an opinion, but you know, we walk away mm -hmm. still friends, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe someone, uh, outdid me and gave a point and i was just like dang you know uh yeah. while we were drinking a great bottle of wine so agree to disagree there you go yeah we agree to disagree and you know obviously i got three beautiful little girls at home so obviously hanging out with them swimming and doing all kinds of stuff uh, it, it, ain't nothing wrong with hanging out with the kiddos and watching uh i think right now we're watching uh uh where is where on earth is carmen san diego on uh, netflix free advertising right there for them too there <laughs> very nice very nice and um if i read correctly you were also a lieutenant in the united states uh, navy right yeah so you know talk about you know moving your cheese crackers yeah they, mm -hmm. they they moved the hell out of my cheese crackers and uh i made sure that i never worked my, my saying was when i left the navy i will never work for another man again <laughs> Got it. Say man, not. <laughs> it was a mother usually. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you for your service with that. And uh, yeah, I mean, high inside twenty twenty. I always tell people this: I would do it again. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about business because I was a supply corps officer, and so I ran two shift stores, a vending machine operation, laundry facility, a barber shop, and a, a, a tailoring. And so I knew I loved business. I, you know, and gave me that experience uh, having 70 and, uh, uh, sailors underneath me. So, I, you know, had to manage people. So, oh, yeah, I would do it. I knew I wanted to be in business. I love that part. I just didn't like having bosses. <laughs> so uh, got out of the Navy in 2004, started my own financial planning uh, practice. Soon after that, was willing to be broke for the rest of my life just so I didn't have to work for anyone. Uh, just so happened, didn't end up being broke for the rest of my life. So uh, it all kind of worked out. And 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 be honest with you, you know, for anyone who's listening, that bad experience helped me to t change it into a great experience of life. So you just nice. take that and you go, you know, use that as motivation to get what you really want, and just be like a dog with a rag and just don't let it go. Wow, wise words, wise words. Um, 
if someone is listening to this right now, tell our viewers, our listeners, and um, they're saying, you know what, they, they like what you're saying, they're hearing some concept they've, they've, they've just never heard before, you seem like the guy to take them to the next level, you know, how can they work with you? How can they get more info? So you can always email me at armon at crewfinancial.com. Uh, you can also look at, uh, look at my website at crewfinancial.com. You can also go to thefinancialeffect.com. You can also check out my Facebook, uh, The Financial Effect. There's so many ways you can get at me. Um, it's not even funny. All, all you'd have to do is send me an email or connect, connect through there. And then we would set up what is called an introductory meeting. And that's just an interview, me interviewing you, you interviewing me, me telling you what it is that I do and what I will put up with and what I won't put up with. And you getting a better understanding of what it is that I'll do for you and your family. And if we all agree that it's something that we want, then we move on uh, to the next level. Excellent. Well, it was a uh, just a pleasure learning more about you. Um, just seeing that you have your you know foundational um, things in place as well. You know, like Vincent Barty said, this is a football, and you know you believe in family first. So I just love that you're grounded as well as having fun. You know, it's a good balance of both. So I applaud that and uh, everything you're doing just to help uh, more and more people become you know financially free and and retain more of their wealth and assets. So uh, here you have it. If you want more information. Check him out at thefinancialeffect.com. This is Armand Kroon. Thanks again. Any last uh, bit of advice or something else you want to tell our listeners? Man, just put yourself in a position where you can love your family a little bit more. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. Mm. Wow. Look at that. From the financial master himself, his advice to you is put yourself in a position where you can love your family even more. That's a great end to today's podcast. And thanks so much for being our guest. Thank you, listeners, for uh, listening to another episode until the next episode. And thank you, Armand Hume, for uh, joining us today. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time.